It's time to get informed and inspired. This is Saturday Morning Live, sponsored by Asset Advisors, LLC, at Linden Sheet Metal on KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. Good morning. Welcome to Saturday Morning Live. I'm Lyle Sorensen. Can you believe it's already February? I know I say that every month, but I can't believe it. You know, the months are almost going as fast as this show goes by. It's crazy. So, guys, I I, got to get this plug in really quick. It's February. Now, next Saturday will be the 11th. That will be your last warning. Probably someone will give you. Now would be a really great time to order your special somebody some flowers. Get your order in early. Don't wait. You'll be sorry because everybody else is going to wait till the 10th. And then it's going to be potluck. So, and I know that there's some guys who don't order until the 13th. So just, just a friendly reminder, guy to guy, don't forget. Better early than late. But anyway, I digress. So yesterday... I had the privilege of touring the Whatcom County Jail. That is an experience that more people should have. Um, in the course of that, I got to meet the very dedicated gentleman who is responsible for running the jail. Um, he's been there for 18 years. Can you imagine? He's serving the longest sentence in Whatcom County Jail of anybody there. Every day, he goes in and he oversees amazing staff and um, tries to figure out how to keep everyone safe, um, both inmates and staff, in the Whatcom County Jail. His name is Lieutenant Caleb Erickson. Caleb, welcome. Thank you, Lyle. You know, there's so much. You know, if you haven't seen that space, I think I think one of the first things in having – imagine taking a cruise and booking an inner cabin. Everybody know what an inner cabin is? That means most of the time you don't have windows. Every once in a while, one of those will like have a, have a window that looks down on the – promenade deck or whatever where they have the three-story little storefronts and stuff but most of the time you don't you know and they charge less for those rooms for a reason because when you're in there you can't tell if it's daytime you can't tell if it's nighttime it just is is that kind of like the jail yeah especially on the first floor there are no windows so it's very difficult to tell whether it's day or night you get kind of a sense late, late, late at night that uh, your body feels different. But by and large, it's, it's all the same. The hours are the same. The lighting is the same. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. Somebody wrote on the face of the clock um, with, a, with a red erasable marker that says, time has no meaning here. That's correct. And that was not an inmate. That was staff. That's correct. Um, you know, I think one of the challenges that I've been hearing in, in conversations with Sheriff Elfo and others is that it's really tough to find and retain good correction staff. Is, is that kind of your experience too? Yeah. Across the nation really, and, and specifically in our area, because that's what I'm most familiar with, it's very difficult to recruit people to 
come and work in an environment uh, such as corrections, really in any space. Mm -hmm. But it's especially difficult when the reality that you're facing is as bleak and um, difficult as the uh, circumstances that you find yourself in at the Whatcom County Jail. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because in the, I've been work, been studying this and been working on it for a while now, not nearly as long as, as Lieutenant Erickson, but one of the things that one of the things that we find is that the jail was was came into operation in 1984, so next year it'll be 40 years. By 1994, um there were reports from the Department of Corrections and and stuff that Whatcom County Jail was functionally obsolete and that it had serious issues. Um, and not long after that, um, it was also operating over capacity and it's had several, you know, remodels and attempts to add more beds. So while we may have more beds, they may not be usable beds. Um, you know, it wasn't designed to be maximum security or even really moderate security, was it? Well, there are a number of beds that were designed for segregation or um, some maximum security, but the most uh, housing options or, or the many of the housing options were really designed for minimum security. And uh, yes, the, we, we've had study after study that have said that the building um, was – you know, obsoleted many ways, the electronics, the sewage uh, evacuation, the smoke evacuation, which there is none, um, the ability to get to exits in a timely fashion in case of an emergency, and many of the services that were embedded into the facility, like laundry and kitchen services for preparing meals, uh, they were all designed for 148 beds, which was the original design capacity. And so over the years, those services have been stretched in terms of usefulness to beyond what they're able to bear. Yeah, it's I mean, it's it's really it's really enlightening. I mean, you know, however you feel or don't feel about incarceration, um, the, the jail facility does not meet the needs of the community. You know, if you if you talk about how much our community has grown since 1984 to today. And then when we talk about um, the differences in the people that we incarcerate, you know, um, uh, one of the things I noticed on the tour was that there are spaces in there. I think you identified at least a couple of them when, when we were walking around that were originally designed to be work release, you know, which is, which is very minimum security, you know, and you look at the demographic of um, the people who are becoming incarcerated and the needs of the people who've been incarcerated. You know, in 1984, we were a more rural community. Um, you know, our unhoused population was smaller. Our dr Everything was smaller. You know, the substances that were being used were different. Um, you know, we still had heroin and we still had cocaine and we still had some meth going on and we had some things, but not to the level and the degree that we do today. And some of the co-occurring things that happen when you mix substances with a predisposition um, or an underlying 
um, mental condition that someone is able to cope with, whether that's some kind of psychosis or if it's all full-on schizophrenia or whatever it is, those, those latent issues oftentimes are triggered by substances. And so, you know, those are some of the things that they're dealing with. You know, another thing that really struck, struck me yesterday as we're walking through, Lieutenant Erickson's talking about there are people that every time we encounter them, every time we open their door, every time we deal with them, their intent is to cause us maximum harm. You want to talk, speak to that a little bit? Yeah, there are definitely people in custody who have um, no understanding of why they're there or they have a different perception of reality. And so that often can lead to fear. And when people are afraid, they often act in ways that are unpredictable. And there are definitely individuals who are in custody who do their very best to protect themselves, I feel. But the result of that is that our staff can get assaulted and hurt um, by those interactions. Yeah. I mean, and then conversely, people like that who are on the street, you know, if if they have an alternate reality or if they have um, co-occurring illnesses or whatever that, that make them violent, that makes them a danger to society as well. So, you know, while sometimes I think there are those of us who think that, well, you know, it's not kind to incarcerate them, to have them in the jail. Um, imagine when they show up at your back door, you know, or when you encounter them or whatever, you know, is, is happening, um, you know, there are people. And, you know, and I think, I think we've all seen people like that. You know, unfortunately, it seems like as it starts to get dark in downtown Bellingham, um, for lack of a better term, the zombies start to come out. You know, and, and you see these people who, you know, are in their own space, whether it's because of the substances that they're using or because of, you know, a mental illness or, or whatever it is, or a combination. I find a lot of times those things go together, kind of as I alluded to earlier. And, you know, we have a mess. Um, and, and people that, you know, genuinely are a danger to themselves and, and to the society. So what do we do? Um, you know, I was looking, I ran some numbers today because I was kind of curious to see how many people, how many people are in the county jail so are you ready? You have a guess? You might know. Uh, between the two facilities, we've probably got about 320 supervised people. You are really close, um, according to the jail roster, but you might have some that I don't know about. Um, 324 people in custody, um, 181 in the main jail, 100 in the work center, two at Western State, two at Fort Stillicum, four at Maple Lane Competency, two at Skagit County, nine on temporary release, and 22 on electronic home detention. So that's that was the breakdown as of 645 this morning. Um, that's quite a few people. Um, you were at the work center for six years. Tell us a little bit about the work center. Uh, the work center was built in 2005 and opened in 2006. It was designed for 148 beds as well. Um, 
it was designed as a temporary facility made into a um, uh, steel construction, uh, essentially a pole building, so that we could um, hold people for a short period of time who were sentenced misdemeanant offenders um, that were all minimum custody. And we do not have uh, a large number of people who are sentenced at all, and we have very, 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 very few sentenced misdemeanant offenders. And so very, very quickly, we had to readjust the uh, criteria that we use to determine whether somebody's eligible to move to the work center. And so now we're housing people who are pretrial felons, who have uh, low medium custody down to minimum custody, and the number of people who are actually sentenced in either facility is about 10 between uh, amongst those 320 people. So the design of the facility or the intention of the facility um, is not at all what we're, what we're really using it for today. We're going to take a break, then we're going to come back and talk some more about this. We'll be right back. This is Barry Barometer, reporting live from outside Linden Sheet Metal. It appears there is a high level of traffic around the building. I'm going in to investigate. Rose, do you know the cause of all this activity? I do. You have heard about Christmas in July sales. Well, we thought why not do the opposite and have a summer in the New Year event. Mmm, sounds intriguing. What details can you provide? All gas fireplaces, furnaces, heat pumps, and air conditioners are on sale with discounts up to $900. There are still utility rebates and there are tax credits too. We also offer financing up to 18 months with no interest if paid within terms. Why buy now, Rose? Lots of reasons. To save on utility bills, stay warmer in the winter, and to beat the rush of those who waited and be ready for cooling this summer. There you have it, folks. Call today and take advantage of Linden Sheet Metal's Summer in the New Year event. Linden Sheet Metal, serving the Northwest since 1940. COVID-19 has tested our communities in unthinkable ways. In the face of crisis, Puget Sound Energy has given over 18 million in bill assistance to customers impacted by the pandemic. And together with PSE Foundation, gave $4 million in community grants for COVID relief. All the while, PSE continues to lead on clean energy, with a goal to reach beyond net zero carbon emissions by 2045. It's part of our commitment to doing what's right for customers and communities. Together, we're creating a clean energy future for all. Learn more at psc.com together. Are you looking for an auto shop that offers honest quality service? Hi, I'm Kirk, owner of Angler Automotive. At Angler Automotive, we strive to make sure that all of your automotive service needs are met. Angler Automotive provides the factory-recommended services that are required to maintain your vehicle's warranty. Angler Automotive, outstanding quality with honest, reliable service. Check us out online at anglerautomotive.com. The opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of KGMI or the Cascade Radio Group. Welcome back to Saturday Morning Live. I'm Lyle Sorensen. It's the 1st of February already, beginning of first Saturday. It's crazy. We're talking about the Whatcom County Jail. I know you guys have burning questions. In the interest of time, um, here's what we're going to do with that. We'd love to have your calls. Please call in 676-KGMI, 676-5464. Um, we are going to have our producer, Jason, take down your question your name and where you're from, 
and then he's gonna put those over here and we're gonna try to address those but this is the fastest hour in radio and as much as we love to let you guys all talk we want to get to as many questions as we can and that's the way that we can get the most amount of information out to everybody in the shortest time 676 KGMI 676-5464 we'd love to have your questions and so that we don't short circuit what I what we want to make clear is that you run I, I'm responsible for operations of the downtown jail and your boss is uh, Chief Wendy Jones so Wendy is in charge of all of this that's correct so she's the one when there's a headache that has to get figured out that you get to talk to to say hey that's correct okay fair enough so we've got these facilities that have been patched stretched stretched again patched played with adapted um and the other thing that's really interesting is like the work center was minimum security that was basically like work center work release you know so that's that's you know almost trustee level um prisoners and and it's clear up now to medium security if i am correct yeah we house low medium security and we've breaking it down by our numbers on our objective objective i can't say that word objective classification instrument uh but yeah we do house folks out there who are low medium security yeah yeah so you know it's it's kind of it's kind of crazy because here we're taking facilities that were built for a a completely different purpose and the work center was actually supposed to be a short-term thing while we got everything together to build a permanent jail and so it's really built to commercial use standards it's it's not built to security standards it's not built to detention standards it's just built and we're making it work that's correct that kind of sounds like everything we have in Whatcom County and you know, I got to tell you, this is this is not coming from Lieutenant Erickson. This is Lyle here. But we have been kicking the can down the road for 30 years, essentially. And we talk about it, and we study it, and we talk about it, and maybe we take a levy vote, but we do nothing. You know, while we have deferred facilities, deferred maintenance um, deferred expansion, you know, I'm going to kind of say that we have deferred leadership in Whatcom County. You know, at the end of the day, it comes down to our leadership and it comes down to identifying the government's mission for public safety. You know, laws really kind of at times impede on our rights. And we we follow those laws. We agree. We consent to those regulations of our life with the understanding that our government's going to enforce those. And because we've all agreed that that's going to make a safer, more civil society. If we, if we follow these guidelines and these rules and these breaking these rules and laws have consequences, then we get a more civil society. But what happens when somewhere like Whatcom County, we have all these laws um, and maybe we book and release and then they go back out on the street and do it again, right? So essentially, the, our government is in default. 
they're not holding up their side of of the conversation of the contract. And so, you know, I want to encourage all of you, um, if you haven't seen the jail, um, get in touch with me. Get in touch. We'll we'll figure it out. But um, there are jail tours available. Is that right? That's correct. Because um, you need to see this for yourself. You really do. There there aren't words that describe what what's going on with that and so man you just i'm sorry i'm just not articulate enough to describe everything that's there it is overcrowded it's dark it's drab i'm just gonna say it you it's not safe it's not safe for the correction staff it's not safe for Really, the inmates who are there, either there are certain exigent yeah. circumstances that could be catastrophic, actually. And so, you know, it's important not just to call here, not just to talk among yourselves. It's important to reach out and talk to your leaders. Talk to those people that we've elected and say, hey, come on. You know, we got to do something. So let's talk about you have a wish list um, that you sent over that is a really good is a really good list. Um, do you want to talk about some of those things that, you know, in your world, if you could have, wave your magic wand and go poof, and I wish we could because the truth is it's going to take a few years to, to get somewhere from where we are now. But talk about some of those things that, you know, would really improve conditions and improve um, your life as a corrections officer and, and really conditions for those who are housed there as well. So over the years, I've talked to many people, experts in their field, people who have yeah. done corrections all over the country. I've flown to, um, say, Massachusetts and looked at facilities. I've seen facilities in the state of Washington in a number of different places. And using that information and gathering information from experts in their own fields, behavioral health, medical, um, and other corrections professionals, uh, I decided to put together a list of things for um, a request for a needs assessment um, that was asked for by the uh, Stakeholder Advisory Committee and um, some other uh, items like that. And so I put together a list of things that I thought would be um, best practices in our nation and in our area uh, for what it would like, uh, what a new facility would need or a, a, a standard correctional facility would need. Okay. So we've got the, we're getting the sign from our producer here that we've got to cut for a break, so we'll be right back. This is Dick Donahue with Asset Advisors, and for over 12 years, we have been bringing you Wealth Wake Up every Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, we focus on investment management, retirement, tax planning topics, and some of the political influences on your planning for the future. And on Sunday, we focus on the latest economic updates for the United States and globally. During these challenging political and economic times, we try to provide you the latest information to assist you in your decision making. Call us at 360-733-1200. Go to our website at WealthWake wakeup.com and join us live at 11 a.m. on Saturdays or 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings here on KGMI. 
The opinions voiced on Wealth Wake Up with Dick Donahue are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial, or tax advisor prior to investing. Guests on Wealth Wake Up are not affiliated with CWM LLC. Do you have a lawnmower, a tractor, construction equipment? If so, you need to visit Meridian Equipment in Laurel. Meridian Equipment is a family business that services and sells all makes and models of agricultural construction and material handling equipment. They have the oils, fluids, and hardware that you need. Need a battery? They stock Interstate and Optima batteries for everything from heavy-duty off-road to lawn and garden. Meridian Equipment, open weekdays from 8 to 5 and Saturdays from 8 till noon on Guide Meridian in Laurel. Neater House of Luxury is Whatcom County's newest luxury jewelry store. It's Bellingham's hidden gem with an amazing selection of precious metals like gold and silver American Eagles, 100-ounce silver bars, and a vast selection of platinum bars and coins. You'll be dazzled at their extensive collection of jewelry and Rolex watches, plus GIA-certified and lab-grown diamonds, and now carrying Gucci and Louis Vuitton bags. The experienced and knowledgeable staff are ready to serve your every need. It's the crown jewel in a long career of luxury from John Nieder himself. Hi, I'm John Nieder. I've been buying and selling precious metals for nearly 30 years. If you're interested in expanding your private investment, I'm available to advise you with your purchase. You'll be amazed at our selection. Neater House of Luxury. Fine jewelry for all. Professionals are ready to assist you at 21 Bellwether Way, Suite 107, beside Lombardi's back patio. Or shop online at NeaterHouseOfLuxury.com. Neater House of Luxury. Follow the bright light. The latest local news and important topics of the day from the West Mechanical Studio. Don't worry about your furnace on the coldest days of the year. Talk with West Mechanical, your independent train dealer, about replacing your old inefficient furnace with a train comfort system. Today, find them at westmechanical.net. Get the latest news and information 24-7 with KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM in Bellingham and KGMI.com. CBS News Brief. A spy balloon is still hovering above the U.S. CBS's David Martin. The balloon is expected to be over the U.S. for a few more days and then out over the ocean. That will likely be the best chance to, as one official put it, dispose of it when it's safe. Well, it is freezing in the Northeast. The coldest spot, Mount Washington in New Hampshire. Frank Pereira's with the Weather Channel. The wind chills have been uh, dipping below 100 uh, from late yesterday through much of the overnight and continue to be, yeah, around 100 minus 6 is the current uh, wind chill at the top of Mount Washington. A New Jersey man was killed in Ukraine. He was there on a humanitarian effort. 33-year-old Pete Reed was working with global outreach doctors in Ukraine when he was killed. A statement from Global Outreach says Reed had stepped away from his role as board president to work in the field and render aid. That's CBS's Linda Kenyon. CBS News Brief. I'm Stacy Lynn. We're joined today by Lieutenant Caleb Erickson, who frankly, has become one of my new heroes. Um, the dedication that he shows in serving our community and, and serving those who are incarcerated is amazing. It really is. And, and you know what? 
Um, all of our law enforcement do a heck of a job, but I think our corrections guys, from what I've seen, get overlooked, and we don't want to don't want to overlook them because, you know, in a certain kind of way, they're serving a longer sentence than anybody that ever goes in that jail. And so, you know, we need to do what we can to make them safe, keep them safe, make them want to come to work. You know, I mean, you know, imagine if you went to your office every day and you had, you know, everybody wants the big corner corner office with the windows and the view. Imagine if you were stuck in the broom closet every day for years and years. That's what it's like for these guys. So, you know, keep that in mind. Keep them in your prayers. Keep them in your thoughts. Um, reach out to your elected officials and say, come on, guys, get off your rusty dusty and let's get this done. You know, one of the one of the things that we have to be really careful about, uh, one of the things that I've learned about Whatcom County is that what we build is what we're going to get and what we're going to have. That's it. I mean, so in other words, if we build 500 beds, which would not be adequate by any means, the last needs assessment in 2013 said that we need 649 beds to get us through 2026. If you take that same, if you take that same methodology and you extend that out for the next 30 years, we need 1,200 beds. Now, I know that some of you just got apoplectic and rolled over and jumped up and down and threw something at your radio because you think I want to put everybody in jail. What everybody needs to understand is we have a 1984 jail. Wow, that's kind of weird. George Orwell, 1984. Um, but in jail is done differently now. You know, one of the other themes that I really heard Lieutenant Erickson talking about yesterday was having services available to people where they are. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, the idea is that in a modern jail, you bring the services to uh, the people rather than the people to the services. The more you take uh, a person out of a secure location and and transfer them to another location, the more risk of a security issue, uh, the more staff intensive that is. And so the thought today is that you want to bring the services to the people. So things like medical, behavioral health, counseling, and uh, really anything that they needed in terms of visitation or discussing things with their attorneys in court, as much as possible, you want to try and co-locate the services with the people that they're housed with. That makes total sense. Well, and I think, you know, 21st century jails, you know, you were contrasting yesterday on the tour, you were contrasting, you know, the 90s and the 80s with where we are now and and the needs of the of the population has changed dramatically. And so to what you're saying is is that a modern jail, you know, there's going to be adequate facilities to to detox people so that we don't have to put them on some kind of maintenance program. We can actually roll them in to a ward or into a unit where, you know, we have detox professionals there to oversee their detox and and those kinds of things. So it creates a new start. It cre- helps them to cre- have an opportunity to get better, you know, not just, um, you know, that really goes a long ways towards treating the cause of some of their issues that land them in jail, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and there are kind of five things that 
uh, we talk about in corrections that really have a positive impact on people's mental health, especially when it when it comes to uh, the way a facility looks and feels. Uh, we want to see natural light incorporated. And as you saw yesterday, there really isn't a ton of natural light, especially on the first floor. There's very little. Um, we want to incorporate the use of good colors uh, that are calming and help people. We want to incorporate uh, texture, especially in furniture and or art. We want to incorporate a uh, an idea of having uh, non-typical construction materials. So if you can if you can incorporate uh, wood or other natural tones in uh, a, a construction of a space, it helps with the mental health of the people who are there. And um, number five is escaping me right now. But uh, there there are, I promise, five things. Right. Well, you know, that's kind of funny when something escapes a corrections officer, but we'll, we'll just play there. Um, so, but, you know, there's not, a, there's not actually a lot to laugh about in Whatcom County Jail. I mean, there's not really a lot to smile about either, to, to be completely honest. And don't get me wrong. I am not jail should be Taj Mahal guy, right? You know, I, I strongly believe that that should be someplace you don't want to go back to. And I can guarantee you um, there are frequent flyers in the Whatcom County Jail. And for 99% of you who are listening to us today, you would not want to go back there if you went there. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Yeah. And I remember what number five was, which was natural beauty. So incorporating some form of either murals or art that incorporate natural beauty in a facility. And, and those are just things that uh, we've seen used around the country and uh, th- that we think are important to help reduce the negative impact on, of a facility on a person's mental health. And uh, you mentioned before the the correction staff, and I can't say enough about the women and men that work in our correction facilities. They are second to none. I have the absolute pleasure of working with some of the best individuals you would ever find. And while there isn't occasion for uh, much joy in a corrections facility, our corrections deputies are a family, and mm-hmm. we can find time to, uh, you know, smile at each other and mm-hmm. make jokes about each other and and for each other and with each other. And so that is the only outlet that we can find that helps relieve some of the stress that is involved in working in a jail. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, every, everything is everything is close quarters. You know, when you have people who, you know, not everyone, but when you have people who, you know, can't look for any opportunity to hurt, to harm you or any opportunity to escape or any opportunity to whatever, I mean – that is, those are stressful circumstances. You know, the other thing that a lot of times I think we forget about is the amount of restraint, you know, that um, our law enforcement officers exhibit. You know, the, anytime somebody loses their stuff, it makes the news. But the millions of times a year when, when officers exhibit restraint, um, you know, and, and don't respond inappropriately, far outweighs anything that you'll ever see in the news. You know, um, like I said, I mean, I, I took some pictures, you know, of leg irons and some different different restraint um, devices that you guys have. You know, and it's sad that you need those, but that's a reality that you guys face every single day. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. So how how can the how can the community? We got a, a few questions here that came in that we should probably probably talk about. Um, Somebody asked if you guys get paid extra for exposure to infectious diseases. Uh, no, we do not. Um, so when COVID was running around, I imagine you guys probably had quite a bit of that. Yeah, COVID specifically came through our facility like wildfire, especially uh, the work center. But both facilities experienced multiple waves of COVID, and there was no – real effective way to mitigate the spread of it Mm -hmm. uh, because we've got people housed in open dormitories and units that um, really didn't lend themselves to uh, mitigating that disease spread. So uh, when the corrections staff were working there, uh, I mentioned yesterday, we didn't have anybody who was working from home. We had folks who were... um, Yeah, it's kind of hard to do that in corrections. Absolutely. The work is where it is, and uh, they had to come in every day regardless of how they felt about it, they had to expose themselves and their family potentially to mm-hmm. um, uh, COVID when, when everybody else uh, had that option to go home. They were, in fact, feeding people who were positive for COVID uh, because they didn't want to expose anybody else. Mm-hmm. And so really stepping into uh, that role, and again, I couldn't be more proud of our men and women in corrections. If- it's amazing. You know, I mean, you know, stop and think about that level of commitment and and cares is pretty amazing. Um, we got another break. You're listening to Saturday Morning Live. It's the fastest hour in radio. It's painful. I need three hours. We'll be right back. Lindale Glass is your premier window and door company in Whatcom and Skagit County. With over 35 years of professional installation experience, you can rely on the dedicated employees at Lindale Glass to provide an exceptional install. Lindale Glass features Milgard windows and doors, leading the industry with innovative, high-quality products. You can be assured of a product that is customized for your home. No shortcuts, no gimmicks, just excellent service and exceptional quality from Milgard. Visit a Lindale showroom to learn more or online at lindaleglass.com. Wilson's Furniture's winter sale is going on now. Your chance to save store-wide on living, dining, bedroom furniture and mattresses at the best prices of the year. Stop at Wilson's Furniture today. It's Wilson's Furniture's annual winter sale going on now. Wilson's on Pacific Highway in Ferndale. Victor deployed for the first time to Afghanistan in 2003. He sustained a moderate traumatic brain injury. One of the most important elements of caregiving is taking care of yourself. For many military veteran caregivers, their caregiving journey starts earlier in life and lasts longer. Visit aarp.org caregiving for a free military veteran's guide to navigate your caregiving journey and better care for your loved one and yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Sign up for the CHS Northwest Propane Autofill Program and receive a cellular tank monitor with no monitoring fees. Plus, you'll be able to review your daily tank level readings from your smartphone or tablet. CHS Northwest, everything you need for home and farm. Online at chsnw.com. We don't have the usual traffic jams that they have in the big city, but sometimes things happen to snarl everything up. Depend on KGMI to keep you cruising to your destination with KGMI Traffic Alerts. We'll tell you where the trouble spots are. And if you see problems on the road, give us a call at 360-676-5464 so we can spread the word. KGMI News Talk 790, 96.5 FM and KGMI.com.
Welcome back to Saturday Morning Live. Lyle Sorensen here with Lieutenant Caleb Erickson, who is the corrections admin in the Whatcom County Jail. He's the guy who's in charge there. Who's your boss? Chief Wendy Jones. Chief Wendy Jones. So she gets to gets to keep an eye on all you guys and make sure you're doing a good job. That's correct. I think you make her job easy. Sorry, Wendy. Um, I know that's not. Uh, there's nothing easy about corrections in Whatcom County. I I don't want to don't want to gloss over anything, um, you know. And I, I think that reaches all the way up and all the way down to everybody. We were talking during the break, and I I asked Lieutenant Erickson. I said, "What can what can the public do to help you?" And he says, "Be informed. Be informed." So, you know. If if you haven't been familiar with this issue, you need to. You need to. There are some really good videos online on YouTube. Um, there was a, a recent tour that was done by uh, the Stakeholders Advisory Committee. Um, that's a pretty decent tour, but nothing's ever the same as being there. Um, but you know, look into it. You know, be informed. You know, make informed choices and informed decisions. I think we'll probably be having a probably be having a, a levy coming up and uh you know ma- when we th- I know that there are people who who are against incarceration who are against putting people in jail and and I feel your pain but sometimes the kindest thing that we can do for someone is to give them a break and sometimes jail creates that catalyst whether whether it's somebody's rock bottom or it's an opportunity to change and break their patterns for a period of time and their habits and their old associations. You know, those are all critical elements of substance use disorder, you know, overcoming those things. And, you know, just sometimes some time just to take a break from trying to survive and think about your life. Go, whoa, how did I get here? What's going on? You know, so it's important. You know, and these the men and women who who run our county jail care they care about our community and they care about the people who come to them as clients you know so so be informed um another question 676 KGMI 6765464 if you have questions um leave your question with our producer today just so we can spend as much time here um as possible, are the people who commit felonies are in Whatcom County? Are all the felons going to jail? No, not at this time. Our booking restrictions really focus on felonies that are violent or, uh, in a sense, a public safety issue. So there are low-level felonies or felonies that um, wouldn't necessarily mean that you end up staying in custody. So. Uh, it depends on the and the nature of the charge, and it depends on uh, the booking restrictions specifically. But for many felonies, we will book and release, meaning they will just process them in and release them right there. And that happens for many misdemeanors as well. You know, that's got to be frustrating uh, for for the law enforcement, you know, who are out on the street. Um, I think for citizens, you know, um, I've seen some local businesses actually um, posting thieves names and, 
um, those kinds of things. There's one very notorious local local thief who was booked last week and got booked again um, on a drug charge, I think, out of Blaine now. So maybe he'll stay there for a little while. But, but um, you know, there's a lot of frustration in the community related to that. And there's no room in the inn. There's no room in the inn. Um, what, Caleb, we've got Whatcom County. I'm going to shut up and just let you talk for a bit. And I want, I want to hear from you. You've got people listening, so this is your chance to tell them what's really on your heart and what's really important to you. Go for it. Well, thank you, Lyle. And I want folks to understand that, as Lyle pointed out before, I care a tremendous amount and our staff cares a tremendous amount about our community, about the people who are in our custody and uh, for each other. And it really is important to me for people in our community to understand that we're not looking to uh, simply lock everybody up and throw away the key. We want to try to find a reasonable solution to some of the crises that are facing our community. That includes behavioral health and and serious mental uh, health issues that are extant in our community. That includes um, addiction and some of the ramifications of those uh, circumstances that people find themselves in. And we're we're after real solutions. We're after um, helping our community uh, heal from some of the damage that's been done um, in a real way to a lot of people. I, I lament uh, recently, that it seems sometimes like um, corrections is forgotten. We, you know, Lyle mentioned this earlier, but corrections seems as though it's a it's an afterthought for uh, many people. We we're not front and center. We're not on the front page of any news outlets unless something has gone wrong. And uh, corrections, I think, is a very valid and noble profession that. Um, again, people can really, really get into and as a as a viable career, and um, everybody who works with me is a very similar mindset. Where we're looking to try and change hearts and minds about how this goes in the future. So, as as Lyle said before, I want people to be informed. If you have questions, let me know. If if uh, if there's a way I can answer questions. Um, about how things are going and what we're facing. I'm, I'm all ears, and I'm very interested in trying to come up with reasonable solutions to these issues that we're facing. Yeah. You know, your heart shows. That, that was one of the things that really was apparent yesterday. You know, you're very passionate um, about your clientele. You're very passionate about the community. You know, you understand the importance of all of this better than any of us. And and thank you for sharing. I mean, honestly, I just can't even imagine, you know, and if you haven't seen the jail, like I said, if you, if you want a jail tour or something to reach out, you can get a hold of me. I'll try to get a hold of the right people. That way Caleb doesn't get flooded with calls. Um, cause he's got enough on his plate without that. Um, and I'll try to, you know, steer you to the right people or whatever, and we'll try to make some connections if that's something that's really, you know, that you really feel like you want to do. Um, be informed. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask 
a big ask here. I, I want people to remain open-minded. Um, you know, you, you brought up something that's interesting, and that was, you know, there's this very old-school hardline thought process of lock them up and throw away the key. And, and then there's the other thing on the other side that's, you know, total harm reduction. I, this is my thing. I, I call it hug a thug. It's where, you know, oh, we're sorry that you had a bad life and it's made you do bad things. Here, we're going to hug you. We're going to give you things. We're going to try to make it all better so that you'll be a good person. And that's not really effective either. I think, I think what we need to get to is a middle ground that's jail and services. You know, it's, it's incarceration with the intent of helping and putting that person on a track that they can sustain even as they come out of jail. And so it's, it's a jail and services model. So we're not locking them up and throwing away the key by any means. You know, and um, if you watch the jail roster, there's not very much lock up and throw away the key in, in Whatcom County. So, well, so what else? I mean, how can we help? What can we do? Is there anything that we can do to help you? And I appreciate the thought. I, I do appreciate the support. It's it's nice to know uh, that you are seeing some of these things, maybe even for the first time uh, in the way that you've seen them. So I do appreciate the support. And I, I would say reach out to somebody who's serving um, either in a corrections role or law enforcement role and let them know that you appreciate them. I, I, those moments don't go unnoticed. And that can help. And sometimes it can be the balance between, you know, somebody who's considering moving on and doing something different or sticking mm-hmm. around for a little bit longer and doing what they're doing. Yeah. So I do appreciate those uh, thoughts and, and moments of support. Cool. You know, I, I, I really, really wish there, there's an urgency with all of this. And, it, and it's not just the community, but there's an urgency when you see the conditions in the jail. You know, to imagine that if we vote in November for a new jail, it's going to be five years before we have a new jail. You know, by the time we get through design and construction and all those things, we're, we're legit looking at like five years. I, I cannot imagine continuing with the same facilities that we have now for five years. Can you? Um, so, you know, when, when you think about that, when those ballots come out, when we're having these community conversations and Whatcom County is really good at talking about things and not really good about taking action on things. Um, you know, we're, we're great about voting for things for kids, but we're not great about approving other things and getting together and saying, hey, this really does make sense. You know, I think I mentioned 1,200 beds earlier, and I know there's – people who are recoiling and cringing right now. But the truth is, is that we have to, we need to size a facility that's going to be big enough to take care of us for the next 30 years and meet our needs. And if we've got some extra stuff up front, we can do some extra cool stuff to help our community. Saturday Morning Live, I really want to thank Lieutenant Caleb Erickson for coming in today on his own time. Truly a dedicated professional. Saturday Morning Live, thanks for listening. See you next month.